Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you've tuned in to America's Home for Conservative, Not Bitter Talk. Got my headphones on. The wrong ears there. There we go. That sounds a lot better. I don't know why it sounded bad. Just on the wrong ears. Email Todd at ToddFShow.com and thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback, adoration, and praise always, always accepted at that email address. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us today. want to start later today. Later today, I want to start talking about this, uh, what Biden, President Biden, is going to be uh, doing here later today. He's going to be announcing some, well, as we understand it, announcing executive orders on climate later today. He's going to be um, at a former, what I want to say here, a former or I, I previously opened coal plant, I believe, in, I think I saw in Massachusetts. Yeah, here it is. I'm looking at a couple of articles here. One, this one's from Bloomberg. White House considers emergency declaration to fight climate change. Um, so he is going to be at the, at a former, a coal plant that was at one point in time opened and now it has been shut down and he is going to be talking about climate. He's going to be talking about climate and what he can do to fight climate change, global warming. You may have seen, you may have seen pictures around the world or seen the news that there are there are places now that have, I think, uh, England, places in England have hit reached all-time record highs on temperature. And it's hot in a lot of places. It's going to be hot even in this part of the country uh, where I am, which is just outside of Indianapolis. It's going to be hot here for the next several, next several days, the mid to even upper 90s between now and now in the weekend and it's hot a lot of places hotter than normal now what's interesting here i want to talk about this a little bit today i want to talk a about climate and about weather and i want to talk about the difference i want to talk about how the leftists use these definitions and use these words to their advantage when they think they have a political advantage they use the definitions in in their favor for example if it gets really cold in the winter in fact i have said this at times during the cold parts of the year at least where where i'm from the cold parts of the year some of you are in places that are much colder than what it is here in central indiana but anyway 
there will be times when I will say something to the effect of, thank goodness for climate change or global warming, um, if it's, you know, say 15 degrees below zero one morning, which it can get uh, into those low digits uh, certain times of the year. And I'll make some comment, thank goodness for global warming, or we would be at 30 degrees below zero. And of course, the leftists, they chime in and they say, no, 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 that's, you can't use weather to talk about climate. Weather is a snapshot in time. Climate is what the weather averages are. And I think there's even more to climate. This, these things are subtle, but it's, it's weaponized against, against us. And why does this matter? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day today, sometime today, Biden is going to be potentially, says they're considering emergency, an, an emergency declaration. Now, why does this why does this matter? Well, the first thing is I ask you to go back into your memory banks just a couple of years. And I remember at the time, in fact, you could go back to older episodes of this program back in 2020, and you will find episodes where I make this observation. You may have had the same thoughts and observations as well, where you say, look, now that we, now that our you know people of this country are looking to the government to say, man, this is terrible. COVID's terrible. Please, please save us. Do whatever you need to do. You know, just start making declarations, making decrees, and we just need to abide by your your rulings and and you know the things that you say, just unilaterally without Congress, without anything, just someone whether it be in a state like a your governor, as we had here in, in our state with Governor Holcomb, who was encouraging Hoosiers to hunker down as he was out, uh, you know, out and about in Brown County, visiting the governor's, one of the, one of the residences down there, while the rest of Hoosiers could not go to that state part. In fact, if you remember, if you remember here in Indiana, Governor Holcomb uh, was even had a picture taken with some people at a restaurant without masks, not socially distanced. They were all kind of, I don't know, maybe arms around shoulders or really, really close together. That's okay. Again, for the, for the ruling class, that's okay. And for the rest of us, we had to sit at home, couldn't even think about going outside. I mean, you know, this whole thing. And by the way, keep your eyes on this because... I saw the school district in San Diego. In San Diego, that's California, of course, but that's you know that that's a part of the state that is not as crazy as some of the other parts. They have they're already coming back with with mask mandates for their students this semester. And I say this to those of you who are listening to my <laughs> to my voice who have students in school, wherever they are, wherever they are around the fruited plain, if you are wanting to fight against these mask mandates at your school, you had better take the cues from what's happening in San Diego to say it's time to cut this off at the pass. We have studies. In fact, I've got them in previous days of our stacks of 
stacks of stuff. A few days ago, there were studies that showed, there's been multiple studies now that have showed, that have shown, I guess, that the mask policies made had little to no impact on the transmission of COVID during you know, this uh, COVID pandemic. It had little to no impact on the transmission rate. And these things are connected. And I said back in 2020, I remember talking about this, that this mentality where we look to our government to declare an emergency and then just start unilaterally taking massive actions. Remember, remember if you go back in time that, say, for example, in Asia, where Mount, I think it was where Mount Everest is, you could see Mount Everest um, from further away during the basically worldwide shutdown because people were not, uh, you know, using using vehicles and, you know, with emissions and all this sort of stuff. So smog and that sort of thing was lesser at that point in time. And I remember pointing this out that there will be someone at some point who says, you know, this in order to get back to whatever it is, seeing Mount Everest over there or saving the world from these high temperatures, which again, I would maintain is, is weather, which again, I'm not allowed to cite weather if it's really cold, but they are allowed to cite weather if it's really hot, and they can then say that it's climate. So, again, now look, if th- the question really is, as we think about this possibility of an, an emergency being declared, the, the first thing is, is this what the United States has become? Right? Do, do we have a effectively a monarch? Effectively, you can make the case uh, someone, a president, who has dictatorial powers. And if he declares an emergency, what are the what what are the limits on what the president can do? And when you look at COVID, and you look at what governors in that particular case did, we see examples egregious examples of where governors went way beyond the bounds way beyond the bounds of their of their power and that is a problem that should concern that should concern everyone these are these are serious matters and you also look <clears throat> at again the data which shows which clearly shows masking had little to no impact on slowing the spread of of covid and so you take that that sort of mentality which again now we're doing it again in places like san diego masks are coming back you may have seen people uh, in your community wearing masks look that's those are individual decisions but and, and that's you know if some that's someone's prerogative to do that if they choose if they want to do that i don't have any problems with that where my problems come in is when people look to the government to solve these problems. Folks, these are the same people that run, say, the U.S. Post Office. These are the same people who botch everything that their hands are on. I mean, think of a federal program that runs the way that it's supposed to be run. Think about a – can you come up with a federal program that is lean 
and mean and comes in under budget? Can you think of one? Because I don't think we can, even if we tried, even if we wanted to. The truth is government is very inefficient, and the truth is that some of these folks love the idea of lording power over people. They also like the issue of climate change because it's something that's so far off into the future that they you, we really can never hold the current politicians accountable for anything. They can tell us what's going to happen, and we can't. What are we going to say? No, it's not. I mean, we can say that, uh, but these dire predictions, which again have been made in the past, that never were, you know, that never never came to pass. Those same sorts of things are being predicted yet again. Remember when Al Gore predicted that the world would basically uh, be over in 10 years? We've long since passed that, and there's plenty of examples like that, but yet human nature is such that there's this fear and this uncertainty, and there's a, there's a desire to look to somebody to fix it. And of course, when you're a president, when you're an administration that can't do anything right, and we're heading into a campaign season, and you can see the polls, and you know that you're arguably the biggest <laughs> the biggest failure of a president in the first two years um, of an administration in modern times. I mean, this is an unmitigated dumpster fire and debacle. And so there's a temptation here. Let's pick an issue that... It looks like we're doing something, right? That's we got to do something. That's that's a common refrain we hear on issues like this. We just got to do something. Well, sometimes we should think about what the something is. We should always think about what the something is, and we should always make sure that the something that's being recommended is something that is a within the purview, responsibility, and authority of the government, particular branch of the government. In this case, the executive branch. Also. How are we going to, I don't know, fund it? What are the ramifications? I mean, you start looking at some of the things that they want to do. When you look at potentially um, affecting or making decisions on you know, domestic oil production, restrict oil drilling, curb fossil fuel use. I mean, folks, remember that these are the sorts of things that could come out of this emergency declaration. And remember, they, they don't want any of the blame for the cost of gasoline, but they have admitted by releasing oil from the strategic oil reserves, by doing that, they have admitted that they understand that more oil in the market will help lower help lower the cost of things like gasoline. They've already admitted that by the actions that they've taken. In fact, they want they want a, they want credit for that. They they want you to say, "Wow, thank you." They don't want credit for driving up the cost for the role that government has played over the, you know, course of Biden uh, Biden's administration, where they've not been friendly to oil companies, where they've demonized them, where they've basically said that they there's a cap on how much profit that they should make, which I don't know how you even come up with such a number, but. Again, the government thinks that they can fix that. They want no responsibility for the price being driven up by their policies, by the uncertainty that they put into the economy each and every day, by the inflation that government spending has caused, by the consumer confidence that's 
declining because no one has confidence that anyone in this administration, because candidly, they're not they're not free market capitalists. They're government control sort of economists, socialists at best, and maybe even worse than that. And so, so this this opportunity to talk about something that they can't be quote unquote wrong for trying to tackle climate change and and you set the expectations that this is this is for something down the road right i mean we they're telling us the sea levels in 100 years are the things they're trying to prevent they're telling us that you know th- these things are imperceptible to the average person these changes the, and, and the amount of time that they want those changes to be implemented and so there's really no way to ever say that it works or it doesn't, but they can be commended for their desire to do the right thing, to do something, right? And so that's what this opportunity is. Now, there are, it, look, if the, the, the temperatures, if temperatures on earth are rising, which it, you know, the data seems to suggest that they are, the question really is, are we, are we the ones responsible for this or are there other factors to blame? And if we are to blame, what can we do to stop it? This is the thinking anyway. And of course they want to have extreme, extreme uh, options on the table, which again include things like not having any gas powered vehicles, not having any oil. I mean, that's, that's their desire. Of course, they want these electric cars that are going to have to be charged on the electric grid, which is not in any shape to have that sort of demand placed upon it. But yet again, I mean, it, it's it's uh, it appeals to it appeases the the radicals on the uh, in the environmental left. That's what it does, and it gives them an opportunity to change the narrative, which if it's about anything that affects us today, the narrative is bad for the Democrats, for Joe Biden. And it's probably going to be bad. He's probably going to mess up in this speech tomorrow. I mean, they they have to be worried about that. But anyway, so that's kind of setting the table. I want to talk about this in more detail. I want to talk about weather. I want to talk about climate. I want to talk about um, the role of government. I want to talk, touch on COVID and how we've used government's actions and responses there to pave the way for a president to just arbitrarily now apparently be considering an emergency declaration to fight climate change. And what does that mean? And where can this go from here? So all those things we'll look into in due course. I've got to take a time out, my friends. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. about Biden's, well, what he's going to be talking about later today as has been reported, which is potentially declaring some sort of emergency declaration or at least setting the stage for this, talking about executive orders to combat climate. I've read about this in a couple of couple of uh, different sources. Uh, here's one at Newsmax. And this uh, this is all supposed to be in response to Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin has, well, what preceded this was Joe Manchin, Democrat senator from West Virginia, 
he pulled out of climate legislation talks and supposedly as a response to this, the White House says, look, we can't wait any longer. We have to, you know, begin looking at all sorts of ways to deal with this, this climate crisis. And he's going to be speaking um, at Somerset, Massachusetts. Now, reports are, who knows, but he's going to stop short of declaring a, a climate emergency. But he's, we're, we're moving in, moving in that direction. Um, and of course, this is all, this is all strategic. This is all political, by the way, speaking about political and, uh, drama and so forth. Did you see AOC and I think 16 other Democrats, uh, Democrat representatives were arrested for, uh, pro-abortion protests in Washington, DC. I think they stopped traffic, uh, the drama, uh, Democrats being Democrats. So that's going on. That's going on as well, uh, but this this thing about climate change it it matters, right? I mean, it certainly certainly matters. Now let's let's again let's talk about climate versus weather. Now, if you go to the what is USGS uh, US uh, what is this? Anyway, USGS it is they've got a definition here or, or an explanation as to the differences of weather, difference between weather and climate change. And what they say here, again, this is a government page, government website. It says weather refers to short-term atmospheric conditions, while climate is the weather of a specific region averaged over a long period of time. Climate change refers to long-term changes. So this is why the radical group of people Look, you, you can have concerns about climate without being it's really what do you what do you want to do with it? I I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered by this. I think that this is um I think that the earth goes through cycles. In fact, I've got a, a professor on TikTok. <laughs> just who the things that I never thought I would say. But I follow a guy. Well, I don't follow him. I just see some of his his stuff and I save some of his uh, little clips because I think that they're they're insightful. He's a professor. He talks about you know climate change and all this sort of stuff. But I do find it interesting that if it's really hot as it is now around the world, we've seen very very hot in places like England, and when it's really really hot and it favors the narrative that says that we are heading down you know, catastrophic conditions on planet Earth because of climate change, they'll they'll conflate the issues of weather and climate change. But when, if it's really, really cold, you're not allowed to do that, as I as I pointed out in the previous previous segment, ever so brilliantly, by the way. But when that so so there's intentional conflating of issues here because they again, when it furthers their cause when you look out the window and, you're, and you see the thermostat and it says a temperature that's higher hotter than normal they want you to think that's climate change if it's lower than normal it's like well that's just that's not climate that's weather and so that's an important thing to always to always keep in mind the other thing the other thing that i think is important is this 
climate actually means there are things called climate zones. Climate zones. So, in fact, there 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 are depending on how it's broken down. I've I've seen six. Uh, general major climate zones, and these are things like tropical climates, arid climates, Mediterranean, temperate, continental, and polar. Um, but there's also even some further breakdowns. In fact, you'll, if you've ever been to the Hawaiian Islands, Hawaii boasts that they have 10 of the world's 14 climate zones, and they list them, you know, more, uh, they list a series of types of tropical climates. Right, so they have tropical continuously wet, tropical winter dry, tropical summer dry, tropical monsoon. So they've got abbreviations for all this. But the point is, is that there are there's criteria to to have to be you know classified in each of these in each of these things. So there's a part of me that at least wants to ask the question: if if the changes don't actually impact a definition of a region's climate is climate change the right term is it not simply changes in weather patterns again this would this would weaken their argument of this differentiation between climate and weather because if the the differences are small enough to where you know there's it's not a new climate zone that's been created or that a region has migrated or turned into a different type of climate zone because of climate change. That would seem to me to be the logical way that this uh, would progress. And I'm not saying there's not examples of, of extreme change. I'm simply saying that there's intentional confusion on this. We're just supposed to, when we see a hot day, we're supposed to think it's because of climate change and it's because Americans are using too much oil and the government's got to step in and we've got to declare an emergency because, again, if we could stop the world over a virus, we should be able to stop the world over you know, it boiling itself to death, which is how some of these people are framing the current weather pattern or situation, the heat that we have on planet Earth right now. So, I'm going to take a timeout. Plenty more to say about this, but a timeout is in order, my friends. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, I want to play maybe a couple of these clips from this particular this particular um, professor, Dr. Matthew Wilicki, I believe is how you say it, um, and he has he has well, he talks about a lot of these important uh, important issues um, as it pertains to climate change. I guess before I do that, I, I want to say I want to say something that just the way that I I think about it, and I actually again, you know that I really admired the great, uh, the late, great Rush Limbaugh. Um, I kind of think he was really profound in the way that he talked about well, global change, or excuse me, uh, global warming, climate change. He, he basically said, you know, of course he came from a, came at it from the perspective that we, 
this planet has a creator. I believe that as well. I think that there's lots of evidence for that. Not everyone believes that, but again, we can't all be right on that if uh, one of us says there is and one of us says there isn't. I mean, uh, somebody's got to be wrong in that equation, so they're not equally... Uh, they're not equally true. One of them is actually right, and the other is not. Um, anyway, but the point is, Rush would say that, first of all, this planet was created by God, and it's kind of an arrogant thing, really, to think about, to say that we can actually destroy it. Now, I'm not saying that that's 100%, I don't know, log, you know, logically sound, there's no, you know, discussion to be had, but there's some truth there, right? I mean, the idea that for those of us who believe in a creator, that God's going to say, man, I didn't know, I didn't know you were going to be this this hard on this planet, right? So that that is, I think, an important point to understand. And he would take it further and say, look, I don't think we could destroy it if we tried. And again, I think that there's something worth considering in that regard as well. So the other thing is, for those of us who, you know, believe both in science and uh, and in a creator, which I think, you know, there, there's there's a misconception. There's a science versus faith discussion that's out there. Do you believe in science or do you believe in faith? It's obviously, for those who critically think about these things, it's obviously true that one can believe in the laws of science, but also that the laws of science were put in place by a creator, or to also believe that since everything here was created from nothing, um, it's also logical to think that if a creator so desired, he could intervene and actually create or perform miracles. Those are not logically inconsistent things. In fact, by recognizing that you know, that a miracle basically is something that happens that's contradictory to nature. So you acknowledge, by if you believe in miracles, what you're really saying is, I know how things are supposed to work, and there is something that happened in this particular case, say the case of a, uh, Mary, in the case of the Bible, a virgin getting pregnant. You know, you first recognize that you understand how pregnancies happen, just like Joseph did in the Old Testament, right? Or, excuse me, the New Testament. Joseph, I'm reading a book on Joseph of the Old Testament. That's why I slipped up there. But Joseph in the New Testament, the reason he was upset with Mary was because he knew where babies came from. And Mary was pregnant, and he's, he knows that he didn't do the action that was required for her to have a baby that was, you know, related to him. So he wanted to divorce her quietly. But after some convincing some divine convincing, he came to believe that there was another explanation. Point here is, is that I think it's a it's a false argument to say faith or science. I think that these things are absolutely, um, you know, compatible. And I, I, both of these things, we don't know everything about either one of them. So there's going to be lots of questions, and you know, some things that we learn along the process, and that's actually a good thing. But I think that. When you think about some of the culprits that are blamed for climate change, say CO2. I mean, CO2 is, folks, we we exhale that, right? And this is the reason why 
some of these, there's, there's leftists, there's some radical leftists today that say, I don't want to have a baby because that's bringing in a polluter to this world. They think about a child as being a polluter, which is not the way, for those of us who have a faith and a belief in a creator, that's not the way that God created us to look at to look at children. They're a gift. They are a blessing. They are, um, it, it's, he or she's a new, a new life that has the fingerprints of God all over him or her, the, the, the child, just like all of us do, by the way. So it's, it's not compatible in my mind to think that, that the very thing that we exhale and that other animals exhale as well is going to have that big of an impact. Of course, you know the amount of carbon put out by some of these volcanic eruptions. I mean, we could never, if we tried, I mean, it, well, it would take a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of years for us to match the output of some of these natural things. And so the point is, it. let's say that you know, the planet, the, the, the data shows that the planet is warming. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's caused by man. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be fixed by a government. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be, that the results are going to be anywhere near as catastrophic as they act as though uh, that they're going to be. It's very reasonable to simply be concerned about the things that they want us to hand over to them right the power the authority the decisions um the just just like with with covid remember i said this from the beginning too and i'm going to take a break here but covid we had what did we have we had the concerns about public health we had concerns about we should have had concerns about the constitution and that sort of thing and we should have had concerns about the economy but the only thing that governments concerned themselves with at first was with public health. Again, not to say that they shouldn't, but the, there were other concerns and they burnt down. Folks, we are we are experiencing a lot of this chaos and tumult and turmoil because economically um, because of decisions made by governments and of course policies that have been continued on or carried on or implemented by the Biden administration and by the left. This is what happens when they're in power. And they, there was no regard for those things. So when we think about climate change, it's the same sort of thing. They want to stop. They literally, there are people that want to stop drilling for oil today. They want to, you know, basically outlaw. I mean, these are the radical extremists. I'm not saying every person's in this boat, but they want to basically say no air conditioning, no modern comforts, no driving, everything's public transportation, limit the number of kids. I mean, these are the extreme examples, but there's people out there that are saying these sorts of things, right? And so we should we should be concerned about this. Where, where do they want to take us, especially if they declare an emergency? That, which again, reports are Biden's not going to go that far, but they're certainly setting us up for that and tiptoeing right to the right to the metaphorical edge. So timeouts in order, sit tight, come back and talk about these things a little bit more before we have to wrap up for the day. Listen to conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, you know, the data, 
as I've alluded to, I'm just <laughs> I'm just skeptical because I know how these uh, the, these experts, so-called experts, people in power, they violated our trust. And there's examples of this where they've sometimes lied about data in the past, but the data shows that the Earth is is warming. But the question really is why and what does that mean? Is it and is it cause for concern? I'm going to play a bit of this. Um, uh, Dr. Matthew Walecki, his uh, his comments. Again, he's someone that I he's a professor. He has a level head about these these matters, and I just want you to listen. This is just one example of one of the things that he talks about. And he says, effectively accepting a climate emergency or climate crisis requires cognitive dissonance, and this is what he has. Well, just listen to him explain the temperatures of where we are today over the course of history and all that sort of stuff. It's just interesting. To, you know, there, there are scientists like this out there. Hey, TikTok, Dr. Matthew Wileke here. Just wanted to uh, have a little discussion about some of the cognitive dissonance that I'm seeing in the debate, um, especially with some of the comments that I'm getting. When I start to bring up the fact that the last few million years of the Earth, of Earth's history in terms of climate were remarkably cool. In fact, they were outside the norm that we see over the last few hundreds of millions of years. I like to use the Phanerozoic, which is the last 550 million years. The last few million years were remarkably cooler than, than the preceding hundreds of millions of years. And so I use that to point that out, and people call me a science denier. They tell me that I'm looking too far back, I'm taking the, the last few million years out of context, I'm using this because it's going to fit my narrative. And then when I'm going to pause just for the sake of time, but he basically says that they're doing the same thing by by saying the last few years have been warmer. He's he's basically saying, hey, I'm actually going back in a longer period of time, so it's it's more... There's more data. We can extrapolate more from this. But his point is is that we've been in a, a cooler part of you know temperatures on planet Earth as compared with other periods of history. So it stands to reason. Um, I mean, he there's a ser- whole series of videos where he talks about a lot of these, these concepts. But basically, it stands to reason if we're in one of the cooler cycles and if Earth's temperatures do fluctuate up and down, and it would stand to reason if we're at the end, excuse me, at one of the cooler periods, that it would potentially start to rise. And that has happened throughout history without man, excuse me, humanity, on planet Earth to cause it. And so is there really a need to put this emergency on climate? Is it a crisis? He says no. I tend to, well, I absolutely agree with those sentiments as well. I think we're trying to be, well, I think they're trying to manipulate us here. And well, it's for politics. There's for a lot of things. It's for power. It's for politics. It's to, um, well, there's a lot of things that can come from this that are not, are not good. And the one that's, the one that's not going to come from this is that somehow these leaders are going to get together with their pens and their cell phones and papers and come up with something that saves us. Um, you know, they're going to save humanity. That's not, that's not the solution. There's something else that's going to come from these things, but certainly not that. Timeouts in order, my friends. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. All right, my friends. Virtually all of the time that we have today, I'd like to get into more of those, some of the things that the uh, professor um, shares. And there's other people as well. But the point is, I think... 
you know, the, the narrative is that there is one side that's right on this. There's a side that's pro-science. Of course, it's the side that's led by the radical left and the Democrats. That's, a, that's what they want you to think, but this is the side that can't identify what a woman is. They can't identify when life begins, but somehow they can tell us what the sea levels are going to be in a hundred years or whatever. And in order to stop it from being what they fear that it'll be, we have to give basically every bit of control and every dollar we have to them, change our lifestyles. I've got to go. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.